wore military uniforms but did not share the trials at the cutting edge. Yet it is experiencing combat and how men could enter and endure it with which Kinsvatter is principally concerned. Similar issues of why men were able to enter the hell of combat and why they stuck to it have been addressed recently for the American Civil War by James N. McPherson in For Cause and Comrades. McPherson found that the writings of Civil War soldiers indicate that they fought first for ideological reasons, for their cause and country, and secondarily for their comrades, for motives having to do with the bonding of friends and with unit solidarity. Kinsvatter finds the same scale of motivational values among his 20th century soldiers, which will cause some of us to rethink accustomed beliefs. We have had a tendency, drawn from impressionistic and insufficient evidence, to believe that the more worldly-wise soldiers of the century just ended were more likely than the romantic rustics of the Victorian era to fight simply and cynically just to get an unpleasant job over with. Kinsvatter shows that combat motivation remained rooted in the same kind of ideological, patriotic, and comradeship values in 20th-century American mass armies as in our first mass army, even if less sentimentally expressed. Kinsvatter has used more self-consciously literary sources than McPherson. Where the latter relied mainly on unpublished letters and diaries, Kinsvatter has drawn from published fiction, memoirs, and histories by combat veterans. Fiction and non-fiction have been of nearly equal value for his purposes, but if there is an edge, fictionalized memories of combat seem to come a bit closer to presenting a cogent version of the experience of battle. Perhaps feeling obliged to adhere to what can be confirmed as the literal truth interferes with capturing a fuller truth, even in memoirs, let alone in the work of historians, thus reaffirming the degree of accuracy within John Keegan's complaint about military historians who preceded him. We can hope that by introducing these literary sources, that approach about as closely as words are able toward conveying what it is like to be part of war, Kinsvatter will bring us all to a better appreciation of that uniquely intense experience. We can hope, too, that Kinsvatter will succeed in sending his readers to examine the best of his sources for themselves. Perhaps a better comprehension of the realities of war will help us stay away from warlike policies, but I do not intend this forward to convey any such simple-minded anti-war message, nor is that by any means the purpose of Kinsvatter's book. Through the book, however, we learn that those soldiers who approached combat informed by the best literary descriptions of it, though they could not fully be prepared for what they were entering, nothing could accomplish that, were at least more ready than those who came only with romantic images from the movies. If we are to continue to engage in combat, as we will, even that slight advantage for those new to it might make them better soldiers. More than that, it surely must be of some value for policymakers, and for those who vote for policymakers, to possess a modicum of understanding of what war is. Peter Kinsvatter gives us more than that modicum. Russell F. Wigley what it is that makes a man go out into dangerous places and get himself shot at with increasing consistency until finally he dies is an interesting subject for speculation and an interesting study. James Jones
World War II, A Chronicle of Soldiering Introduction What, indeed, motivated novelist James Jones and his fellow G.I.s in World War II, or American soldiers in World War I, or the Korean and Vietnam Wars, to go out into dangerous places? And once there, in the combat zone, what enabled them to persevere until all too often they did die? or were wounded, or emotionally broken? These questions generate more than just interesting speculation. The answers are critically important. Men facing battle, or charged with leading troops, need to understand the nature of these dangerous places, to be better prepared to deal with them. Civilian leaders who order American soldiers into harm's way need to appreciate the potentially devastating effect that combat can have.